Welcome to another edition of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast on the IB Network's podcast feed. I am your host, Ravishing Ronell Tinsley. Joined with me, as always, the shooter, Sam Howe. Sammy, how you doing tonight, brother? I am doing wonderfully. A uh, little disappointed. My, my dad is from Buffalo area. I would have loved to have seen them win. Mm. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Hoping that they'll win. I would actually would be happy to see Big Red as an Eagles fan. I'd love to see Andy Reid get another Super Bowl. That would be uh, Andy Reid totally deserves it. You know, as a Giants fan, I do have nothing but a ton of respect for, you know, Coach Reid. Um, I personally wouldn't mind just seeing Tom Brady win again, because to me, the way I see it, the more Tom Brady wins, the more special the, Super Bowls become. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's coming up on this is the ninth year since the Giants have won their last Super Bowl. So it's been a little too long for my liking. So I'm hoping that some way, somehow, you know, Saquon comes back fully healthy and, you know, they can turn, turn it around, but this is a wrestling podcast. So I figure uh, let's get into, uh, let's get into business. And we're going to start by going off the top rope. Uh, first on the list is probably the biggest story that's come out this week. Um, Undertaker appeared on the Joe Rogan experience podcast and caused quite the stir talking about the current state of pro wrestling uh he noted how the locker room has changed significantly since the days of crusty fucking men quote unquote uh also saying that that era of guys too those were men you go to a dressing room nowadays it's a lot different i remember walking into my first real dressing room and saw some crusty fucking men right like half of them had guns and knives in their bags and you know got handled back then now you walk in you know there's guys playing video games and bleeping you know making sure they look pretty it's evolution i guess i don't know what it is but i just prefer i don't know i just like those eras man like that when men were men and you know that got me thinking a lot about you know even the discussion that you and i were talking about uh even i believe it was just last week uh when we got into like the harley race and rick flair in the car like things like that and it's like to me i understand where mark is coming from because i mean i did get to see his entire career starting with the the mean mark callus uh bit um in wcw way back in the day so I, i do understand that you know the locker rooms were so much different there was so much you had to do um you had to do so much on the indie scene to even get a chance to get a name so on one hand i understand and on the other hand it's kind of like anytime we bring up uh and i hate to do this to him but anytime we bring up jim Cornette, it's like you know angry guy yells at cloud i mean it's 2021 and people don't have to be at odds at each other just because um, they're not getting the shine. It's a different industry now than it was back then. It's a household name. We're talking about, you know, WWE is a publicly traded company. They, they can't have the type of ruffians and, and roughhousing and, and the craziness in the in the back that they used to have you know what i mean and sam let me just let you uh let me get your thoughts on what you're going on about this my feeling with it actually and this is i'm a little bit more sympathetic to undertaker mark calloway whatever you want to call him uh than i am to jim Cornette, because he didn't say like i get that the idea is that this is sort of like him being like he was being critical but that it was more his preference, like where he said, like, I just prefer that. I think that there's also, as a guy who is in his fifties, you know, who's leaving a job that he's done for 30 years. I got the sense that, you know, there's a little bit of, I was a little more sympathetic of that, of a guy who's like been doing this for, you know, 30 years, who's, I mean, it's a little hard for him to leave. It's a little hard to let go. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that emotionally, you know, I, and I'm, you know, that, that however you learn things like that's, you know, it, it's what you're used to and what you believe. I'm not going to, you know, I, I think that his whole thing, like, 
some of it was practical because i was like I, I i can't imagine flying with a gun or a knife in your bag today like <laughs> I, I don't know if you can like i don't know what it was like you know 30 years ago but yeah i don't think you can fly with a gun right now <laughs> yeah definitely not and but i i my sense of it was is that you know, this guy who sort of at the end of his career and and i think that some of what i want to take a look at is we did talk about it and, and but i see it as a positive where like you don't have to be like those guys you always had to be on the lookout because in the wwf before guarantee contracts like you made what like i think i, I was like 100 you know 150 dollars a show and you were and then vince paid you based on what he wanted to pay you like guys his little business was a lot more cutthroat um i'm fine you know I, I i don't think that there's anything you know he's he said it was his opinion he's absolutely entitled to his opinion you know we there was i remember laughing when the the uh when the first uh episode of the last ride came out and he's sitting there with like a what was he wearing he was like wearing like a blue lives matter uh, I didn't even. I still have yet to watch it. Like I'm so bad. I'm awful when it comes to saying, "Yeah, I'll watch something." It, it's it's definitely like WWE is undefeated with their production. But he's wearing like a Blue Lives Matter and a like I can't remember what the other uh, like thing was. Is like very clearly he has a worldview that he you know. And and one thing that I have to give him credit for is that like I had no clue. Like I mean, I, not I was not shocked. Let me say that. Um, but you know, I, this guy very clearly has his own personal beliefs that, you know, he's entitled to, he's, you know, and, and I don't have a problem with him again, expressing his opinion. He didn't say like, you know, he said, I prefer it. And so I'm a little more sympathetic to that than I am to him. Like Jim Cornette being like, you know, fuck these young guys. They don't know what they're doing. You know, they're ruining wrestling and ah, and I just think that like Taylor's like, yeah, it's different than what I came up with. And, yeah, and, and to that effect, I can totally get it. You know, it's a lot. And and to me, where I can understand that's his preference. And with today's wrestlers, you know, kind of uh, giving their response, it's good for them that, like you said, they have guaranteed contracts. They don't have those otherworldly things, whatever it was that they got into outside of uh work that forced them to have to grind or carry knives or guns or whatever the case may be you know nowadays this is like a business and so the fact that they can do things uh like carry on with business you know especially with xavier woods and in, in the world of gaming which to me is another discussion considering the whole third party thing that they had just gotten into a fight about last year I, I don't understand and quite honestly I don't even care to get into the particulars of it but I'm just happier that it's it's these guys are in a, guys and girls are in a position where they don't have to worry about uh being such badasses 24 7 where you know I, I'm not mad at the undertaker for for speaking his mind on on such a thing you know um Back in the day, I, I loved that type of wrestling and those kind of uh, cutting edge, having to be uh, kind of on the edge, if you would, uh, if you were the type to necessarily be coming to work with weapons in your in your work bag. You know, uh, who am I to tell people how to live their lives or whatever the case may be? I'm just happy that they're in a position to be a lot more comfortable and, and be more successful outside of the ring. I mean, the other thing is, is that there's, you know, I get it, but like he talks about, I think the other thing is he's talked about like guys playing cards, like video games are our gen, you know, our generation doesn't, you know, have poker nights the same way that uh, our parents' generation or our older siblings' generation might have had. Like we play video games together. There's no, it's like, I get it. Like I am, as I said, like I'm, I'm not, I think that there's a, you know, again, as I said, like, this is a guy who sat down on the last ride with a don't tread on me hat and uh, a Texas Blue Lives Matter shirt. Like, he very much has a worldview. Which, and I, I, again, like, I, I kind of think it's interesting that, like, we've made it 30 years. And, like, if you had said to me, what were the Undertaker's worldview? Like, 
I don't know. Like he likes to ride bike. He likes to ride motorcycles and, uh, you know, that's and do MMA. Like that's all I knew about the undertaker prior to this. And so I think that he's earned the ability to have his opinion. Uh, I was a little surprised cause I think that going, you know, he's going to, uh, he's going to be doing training and teaching at the performance center, I believe. And I was sort of surprised that he would be critical, you know, just because I don't know. I, I, again, I'm sort of repeating myself, but I ultimately thought that uh, it was more a guy sort of, I mean, I, I don't even know how unhappy he would be. I think it's just more that he's like, nostalgic for a time when he was like coming into the business now that he's on his way out probably well i'm just happy because i'm just now that you tell me he's going to be working with the you know up and comers he could teach these kids about psychology probably better than many uh other talents that they have i'm sure that they've got a lot of great people who could do that but who can teach psychology better than the guy who had people shaking in their boots, you know, on national TV. He's sort of also, if you think about it, like the last, like the, the last kayfabe, like everyone, like no one knew. And he did, that was intentional. Like no one, he was the undertaker in a way that you, you didn't know who, the guy behind the character was other like we knew some things you know we liked mma and we knew that he liked motorcycles but for the most part like it's pretty amazing that for 30 years that was as much like it would be like if all we knew about steve austin was that he liked beer and football (laughs) and you know god i i also i i think that there's we have a desire to tear people down also like i just think that there's a what goes up must come down and generally i'm you know, I, I think it's, you know, I don't think it's any secret that I'm pretty left of center. And I'm sure that, you know, Undertaker and I disagree on a lot, but I've always enjoyed watching him. And, you know, he's, if he doesn't want to make, you know, he can wear whatever shirts he wants in his private life. Like he's always just been the Undertaker. So I'm not going to crap on him too hard for that. Yeah. Nor, and nor will I. <laughs> Amazing to say that even as a, you know, black guy in America. Yeah. <laughs> So second off the top rope, uh, we'll finally get our uh, in-ring debut for Sting in AEW uh, coming up this Wednesday. I can't believe I almost said Thursday. Uh, He'll be teaming up with Darby Allin to go against Team Taz in a street fight. Um, I'm actually pretty excited about this just to see because uh, knowing that this is going to be a street fight, this isn't going to be stuck into the parameters of a a traditional wrestling match, which will allow Sting to have a little leeway with, with his movement and motion. So um, I think they'll do enough where we'll see some kind of magical spot where him and Darby, you know, do something amazing or, Something where, where they you can see that they're clearly on the same page as something. And uh, I'm really excited just to see uh, where this goes. I know this is getting a lot of flack online um, with a lot of, uh, and I still will never understand the AEW versus WWE people. Uh, I know that some of you may be listening, guys. Please, this is just like the East Coast, West Coast beef back in the day for hip hop. Just drop the beef. There is no beef. If you don't, if you don't like the other company, that's fine. Don't watch. But I really, I, I'm the kind of person who will enjoy wrestling in all of its forms, and Sting will, um, be good for uh, AEW programming. I'm, I am imagining they'll probably get closer to that one million mark this week when it comes to the views. What do you think is going to happen uh, this Wednesday? Uh, I, I mean. My, I, I feel like a, I kind of feel like a jerk saying this. I feel like my expectations are so low. Um, I think that, you know, Sting was fine wrestling a few years ago against, like, he was good. Like, I, 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 well, let me rephrase that. I enjoyed, because I, I don't know, like, I enjoyed watching Sting wrestle Seth Rollins. Um, I thought that, but at that point, Seth Rollins was one of the best wrestlers in the world. I think that a tag match and a street fight really do a lot to camouflage any, 
you know, age-related limitations that he might have, which is really good. Um, I I don't get, you know, if you enjoy WWE more than AEW or you enjoy AEW more than WWE or you enjoy New Japan more than any of them, like, if you don't enjoy one of the companies, just don't watch. Like, I don't see the need to crap on a company. Like, I, I think that if you don't like something, the response is to not talk about it. Like, Ignore I, it. Yeah. If, if you don't like something, you know, and, and I don't, I think that the better all wrestling is, like, I, I just want all the wrestling companies to be good. And so I, I'm... I'm not somebody who's going to be oh, like, oh, AEW, because you know, I'm a WWE mark, I admit it. Um, but like, I really enjoy, I think that AEW is putting out the better product right now. Um, I think that putting Sting in there, I would, I hope it's not something that they do a whole lot of just because I, I, I'm not hugely excited that they, they're doing it, but I also think like, I'm I'm willing to wait and see. Like I could absolutely be wrong about that. Yeah, and that and that's my thing as well. You know, I knew that Sting's return wasn't going to be one of these things where we're going to get an in-ring Sting. So they're going to have these kinds of matches, and I'm glad that they're putting them in a situation where they will get to cover. Um, you know, a lot like you had said, a lot of his age-related. Um, faults right now so one of the this match had to be something that happened i mean it's been building up the entire time this thing with him and darby allen it always seemed to surround around team taz so this kind of blow up needed to happen and i'm just on a wait and see with just like you and i imagine that they'll do it'll be serviceable you know, we're not going to get, you know, the stinger, the stinger splash sting, but I'm okay with that. I think that the other, you know, as, as we talked about it, I think that it's also really good to, like, it gives a great rub to Darby Allen. I think it gives a great rub to Team Taz and the feud. You know, we talked about the other week, like, sort of surprised that the six-man tag match is not the main event. And I think that Darby Allen is the main event in part because you have Sting, who is a proven commodity. And I think that that is something that there's something to be said for that. Um, I, I, and so I think that that's having Sting is that's where he becomes a benefit. Is he's a guy who people go, oh, I know Sting. I I, and I I also would say that having somebody as in, in uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. I don't want to say an old timer. Um, but a veteran, somebody who's a long time, you know, somebody uh, star of yesteryear, whatever you want to say, is that you use them to give a rub to somebody else. And I think that's what they're doing. And that's admirable. Yeah, it is. Uh, and unfortunately, I'm going to touch on this a little later because unfortunately, there's ups, there's, there's pros and cons to it. And, you know, I'm not going to crap on it because, you know, like I said, it is staying. I am excited to see how they will uh, play this out. And, you know, hopefully in the end, it turns into something a lot better, um, especially for Darby Allen and and uh, on that same vein, Team Taz. So finally off the top rope, uh, WWE announced this year that this year's WrestleMania will be at what was supposed to be last year's location at the Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Um, they're going to allow 22,000 fans. It's going to be a two-night event. Um, each night will have, yes, 22,000 fans uh, with 7,500 first responders, um, vaccinated first responders uh, being allowed in the building. Um, this looks like this is going to be the first uh, real test. I know AEW has been having live shows for, for quite some time, and I'm sure that WWE has been keeping their eye on how it's uh, worked in the state of Florida. So I'm excited that they've got um, live shows starting to come back. Uh, hopefully more and more the entertainment uh, venues will be able to open up as long as we can start to contain we can get the vaccine rollout or whatever the case may be we could start hopefully getting some more of our old stuff back and i would love to get into a live wrestlemania personally i mean just not this year um 
they also announced that they are going to be doing Dallas next year, Arlington Stadium, and then LA in 2023, where Roman Reigns was hinting at trying to get a rock match where, you know, if I give a really quick thought on just that, it's like, I don't know if he could carry this head of the table thing another two years to, to get to the rock, but who knows? Yeah. Anyway, what's your, ex uh, or do you have any uh, excitement about uh, the uh, new announcements, especially for this year's WrestleMania? The, uh, my sense was, was that this is what they're going to do for the Super Bowl. That like that's going to be the same sort of that we'll have because I was just actually as we were talking about this they just wrapped up the conference championships and I thought that they said that there were going to be people there who were vaccinated first responders obviously you know we're talking about two months prior uh, I'm the thing that most excited me was that WrestleMania is two nights again it's going to be three yes. hours yes 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 uh, it kind of bummed me out that they I saw that the next two years it doesn't look like they're going to do that they're not guaranteed um that was like the biggest disappointment to me was to be like mm -hmm. oh you guys could have done that like really like we're not gonna we, we're not gonna keep this you literally could have made more money if you did it two nights especially with full live with full like well more full live audiences I, than yeah i mean i i do kind of get that like because you're gonna have over oh god and there's somebody lives in los angles the idea of doing wrestlemania like i'd love to go uh, but the idea of the traffic to get I was going to say the, the 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 absolute chaos it would be getting to the to and from the arena. This is the other thing that people don't get, uh, and that you will not understand if you've lived in a city with public transportation, is that, like the train system, for example, stops for traffic lights. That's so, right. Like, if there's a red light, the train stops. Uh, it, it's. It is something that like blew, like my brother's from, like lived in Chicago as somebody who went to school in Philadelphia, like, like, uh, why are we like, following? why are we in a train and stopped? Yeah. Like, what's the point? Like, uh, um, but yeah, there's not great public transportation here. We'll see. I mean, the, I'm like, I would love to do a team turnbuckle live from the WrestleMania podcast. Um, We'll see what we can do. Well, shoot. I mean, we got two years to. Well, yeah, we'll see who's where. Um, you know, the I I think the 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 Dallas one, you know, I think that should be cool. Like, I think it should be. I'm hoping that things are back to normal by then. Mm. Um, I hope. I think that this is. I believe I have I believe I have friends in the Arlington area. And, and but I think that the 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 best case scenario because they start doing WrestleMania tickets what in like October, November is when they go on sale. I'm not the person who would really be able to answer that appropriately. That, that's the point where like we in the best case scenario should be starting to get back to normal. Um, I listened to the Scrubs rewatch podcast and the guy who Zach Braff's character is based on is a doctor named Jonathan Doris, who is the head of the uh, COVID command center at, Cedar, uh, not Cedar Sinai at um, uh, Kaiser Permanente Hospitals in LA, and he said that on a podcast that like in the best case scenario, uh, he would be fine watching a movie in a theater without a mask in the fourth quarter of twenty twenty one. It's like it would be great. Like I would love to go back to <laughs> even like it, even if like they were to do mask stuff, like I would be fine with. I think that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I'm excited for them to get back to crowds. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens with the show. Um, I'm hoping that we're in a position where we're like, oh, like, you know, I get why they only did 25,000, but they probably could have done more. Like I, the only, I, I'm, and as I said, I would, I'm interested to see what they do with the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, and I imagine the Super Bowl will give us a good idea as to what they'll do. I mean, we're talking about uh, an arena that can fit, what, up to 90,000. So if you're only doing, like, under a third of the capacity, I mean, who knows? I don't know if they're going to be setting up, like, pods or something like that. Who knows? Uh, can't wait to see how it turns out um, and definitely can't wait to see how it um, affects WrestleMania. Speaking of which, um, one of the other things that I – unfortunately i heard uh being floated around is that names like bill goldberg 
and John Cena are pretty much guaranteed to be on this WrestleMania card in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I, you know, we, I've, I've talked about this. I have no real problem with it if they're putting a younger talent over. Um, and especially Cena, I assume that's what he's going to do. Uh, you know, I, I'm seen as a guy who's young enough that I'm perfectly fine with him coming back and doing, you know, he was my favorite part of the WrestleMania last year was the Firefly Funhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that the, I, I actually just touching on that, like, I find wrestling with no fans to be so, I mean, nigh unwatchable. I think that part of what saved Mania last year was the Undertaker, you know. Totally. Yeah, the the Boneyard match, which I everyone was like making a joke about, and then you had the uh, the trust me, I was making like the name of it, the name like the Boneyard match. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the name itself of the match, yes, of course. But then when they actually got to the production, I thought it was spectacularly done. Yeah, I, and the you know I I thought that there was just a lot well done on the the wrestlemania last year i'm excited to see what they're going to do this year totally in agreement with you so why don't we move on to the superlatives of the week and we'll start on the wrestler of the rise and you have the floor sir mine is cesaro who seems like he's getting a bit of a push going into the the royal rumble uh i don't know if he'll win uh, I would be perfectly fine. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Not going to complain if he wins and decides that we're going to WrestleMania. You know, if they want to, I mean, screw it. Like, you know, if they want to have him do a feud with uh, McIntyre, if they want to have him do a feud with Goldberg, like I'm, I think that Cesaro is a guy who's a great worker. Uh, he is, I, I've always described him as the anti Ryback where he's a guy who doesn't have show muscles but is ridiculously like probably legitimately one of the strongest guys in the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to like watch him get a chance. And I think that he actually has a charisma in a way that there are other wrestlers that I think he doesn't get enough credit for. Um, I don't think he's a great talker, but I think he is, you know, he speaks like seven languages. Mm-hmm. Like I do something with him and the idea of getting to watch him, have a big match at WrestleMania would be really cool. Yeah, and I almost went the same because I I was ready to come full guns uh, blazing, especially after uh, defeating Daniel Bryan. Um, I'm like, wow, they're really, really going to give Cesaro this kind of push. And I am so happy for him because, you know, if you can go back to, goodness, over the summer, I was one of those guys who had, even when he was uh, being teamed up with Shinsuke, I had talked about how they're just wasting his talent. And I'm so happy that he's finally getting the singles push that he deserves. Um, my wrestler on the rise this week is Private Party. Um, even though I didn't watch, Private Party managed to uh, cross over going over to Impact Wrestling and get themselves into the number one, uh, sorry, the number one contenders to the impact tag team championship currently held by the good brothers so i'm just happy that uh private party uh with under new management with matt hardy they're actually even turning they're they're pulling off a little bit of a, a heel turn right now along you know matt's kind of pulling them to the dark side and i, I dig it I, i'm i'm really liking it and so uh bravo to private party um wrestler on the slide I'm going to say mine is weird this week. Mine is the TNT championship. Now, in as much as I am happy about the Darby Allen and Sting program, uh, we've said on this show, we we like seeing the titles visible, especially the way that Cody was continuously uh, defending the title. And Darby Allen has only had, (laughs) what's that? Friend of the pod, Cody Rhodes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, shout out Cody Rhodes, a new friend of the pod. Um, but unfortunately, we're, we've had, what, one title defense for Darby Allen since he's uh, won the championship? And he's had the championship over a month. Um, and 
maybe it's just me kind of uh, splitting hairs because uh, the timing is kind of wrong because I do understand the program that they are doing with Sting and it makes all the sense in the world. I was just, while in the midst of it, why can't Darby be? I feel like he said more than one. I feel like he said more than one title defense. I thought that he's had two or three, but it's not. I mean, he's also been champion for like two months at this point. That's right. It's been two months. That's so, right. Here I'm thinking it's only been a month, a month long, and yeah, maybe it's been a little, little longer than that. I thought that he won it back in like early December, and we're almost, you know. So like, oh yeah, yeah. That's my goodness. We're already January yeah. just done went right by. Don't get older, kids. Time just starts. That's what no one tells you about when you uh, get to your like. When the older you get, the faster time moves. It, it really does. Uh, your wrestler on the slide, sir. My wrestler on the slide is Oscar. Um, I get so I get what they were doing with Alexa Bliss. Why would you use Oscar? I I really like. I don't. She is. I, I I. And this is not a great sign. And I was like, wait, is she still the woman? When did, did she lose the women's champion? No, she's still the women's champion. And they did one of like they they combined some of my least favorite tropes. First of all, they did X has pinned the blank champion. Uh, and then, you know, taking your world champion and having her, you know, Charlotte Flair, you could have done like, there are mm. a lot of people that if you wanted to show Alexa Bliss is a badass. And I, again, I actually thought it was a really good match. I just, why are you making the tag team a bigger deal than the singles title? And that, that's what it feels like. Yeah, no, you know what? You're absolutely right about that. And that, that I'm going to actually have to do a, a scratch on the fly, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Um, but you're right. Uh, and I had said that to Cindy, actually, um, when they introduce Asuka in her match versus um, Alexa on Monday. It's like, is it me or did they make, the raw title sound like in also ran to the tag team title like the raw tag i mean the one half of the tag team champions and the raw women's champion oscar like wait what do you mean and, are you just like rolling that off like it's nothing and we have spent now you know i think gosh eight months of building oscar back up and again i get what I get that the goal was is to to get Alexa over as a fiend style badass, but probably didn't need to. I mean, you also have Shayna and Nia. Like there are other women that you can do that that you can use whom who there isn't quite the equity that you have with Oscar. And, it, and it's disappointing. I I find Oscar. I think that there are certain wrestlers who deliver when there's a big match, uh, men and women. And I think that Oscar and Charlotte Flair and um, actually uh, uh, Io Shirai is another one. Yeah. But these people who, at, like when the spotlight burns the brightest, they are able to, you know, really show up and, and they are the most celebrated and it's, so it's disappointing to me that we didn't get that you know the the, the equity that they built with oscar was, was not you know was spent on alexa and i like both competitors this is not a knock on alexa it's more you know why you know more they're bearing the the raw women's championship if not anything else and, and there's a part of me you know I, that, that doesn't you know i don't know how many people there are in the locker room you know because of covid but the, I feel like there are other people that you could have, you know, even if you wanted, it, it, it could have been a lot of people. And I just, did, it's a baffling choice to me. It's a disappointing choice. Well said. So uh, why don't we move on to face of the week? Who do you got? My face of the week was, I, one of my least, one of my big pet peeves about the WWE is that, like, I've joked about this with Vince McMahon, is that he watched uh, Spaceballs. He's like, and it's where it's like evil triumphs because good is dumb. Like, he's like, yes, <laughs> right. And that that really is, is that like faces tend to be like good guys in the WWE tend to be dumb. They tend not to be really good people a lot of the time. 
especially like this is more of a recent thing but like i really liked that you had the faces with adam pierce and kevin owens who are my face of the week uh, in a long-winded way of being smart like adam pierce is a guy who basically rope-a-doped roman reigns to help out kevin owens and so these guys you know there's no way that adam pierce could physically get over on Roman, so he mentally got over on him, and I think that is one of those things that I really like. I think it's a nice little touch for kind of the heel. I remember Mick Foley wrote this: is that a heel should be justified, but should be a jerk about it, or should there should be like a nugget of truth to it, and that they just take it like way too far. So you get why Roman would be pissed. Like, hey, you're supposed to be the guy wrestling me. Like I'm going to react in a psychotic overreaction. That's a great heel. So I think that by setting up, you know, Kevin Owens, and it's a little disappointing, like that match is going to be great. I really like Kevin Owens. I think that Roman has done a good job of elevating both Jey Uso and Kevin Owens in their feud, um, even though he's not lost. And so I'm excited for their, uh, really excited for their match, actually. I hope that that's the main event. Totally. And honestly, since, um, I had initially, I in full disclosure to the fans, I had initially said Asuka, and just because of her, uh, you know, doing cross-brand work, but not enough to actually make face of the week. So, you know, Sammy, thank you for correcting me on that. So I guess I will not have a face of the week. And instead of going to the heel, I want to go to promo of the week because I want to just continue where you were going with um, Roman Reigns. Um, Paul Heyman and Adam Pierce, their their promo uh, this past Friday on SmackDown, I thought was just fantastic with the way that Paul Heyman decided to uh, take over um, after um, Adam was like, I can take being intimidated from him. I don't have to take that from you. And the way that Paul turned it around is like, wait a minute. I'm from New York. I'll kick your ass if you disrespect my tribal chief. I thought that was absolutely hilarious the way that he just kind of flipped it around um, and then challenged Adam to a fight to only do the same psychological thing that Adam pulled off on them and said, oh, I'm injured. Here's my replacement. And Roman, of course, beat the ever-loving snot out of him, getting uh, his little bit of nugget of revenge. That's great healing. And and the other, I, I mentioned this, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but... No, no, no. The, I think that one thing that is not, you know, God knows we praise Roman on here a lot. I think one thing that he's done a really good job of is recognizing the difference in the promo that he cuts and the way that he cuts promos without the fans versus how you would with the fans. And I think that he has shown a lot of skill by cutting these promos that are very different from what he would be cutting if there were fan reactions. And so he doesn't have to worry and pause and bounce stuff off of fans. He's just giving these promos in many ways, the way you would as an actor. And he's been really good. And I thought, I mean, Heyman's we always knew was good, but it's been very interesting to see Roman learn from that and get better at it. Yeah, no, and it's absolutely phenomenal. So, I mean, it's kind of one of those things that it, you know, going back to that whole him and the rock thing, I would think it would be something that could carry maybe to next year. It's just, I, I, I don't know how, uh, I, I just can't see it being carried for two years for that to be the final obstacle for him to knock down, to take over the entire NOI clan. That's a good point. I do think that I would, I could also see them doing a year of him, like kind of with the way that they did, not necessarily a year, but Austin called out Bret Hart for a while. Like he won, like he was calling Bret Hart out for months before he got Bret Hart on Superstars. And I could see, you know, if The Rock wants to come back, I get why The Rock wouldn't, you know, getting in ring shape is a lot. It's his insurance on movies is a lot. Um, you know, getting hurt wrestling. I mean, there's a, there's a million reasons for The Rock not to do it. And Lord knows 
I'm not a, you know, I'm not a fan of face rock, but I, I respect why he, you know, if he wanted to come back, I would appreciate the, uh, I would appreciate him. Um, sorry about that. I would appreciate him uh, putting the risk factor out there to come back. You know, this is a guy who is make, probably the biggest actor in Hollywood who's then like, yeah, I'll come back and wrestle for like no money. Yeah, I mean, compared to compared I mean, to, I mean, not yeah. yeah. I mean, who's gonna risk his future earnings to do uh, to do a wrestling match? He doesn't really have to do to put over a family member. But my, as you were talking, is just my mind started going with you know with the way they could possibly, uh, considering it's in L.A., maybe they would do a cinematic style to kind of take the uh, the chances off of the risk of injury factor down who knows that's just a spitball idea um your promo of the week oh my god this was such a fantastic one too oh god the randy orton like wearing the mask like from us i think (laughs) Uh, they have been raw has been borderline unwatchable to me and i i saw this and i was just like are you effing kidding me? You know, this is a guy, he's wearing this like goofy mask and he's it's just like, it reminded me a little bit of the Cody Rhodes, the dad, you know, when he was, when he did the dashing Cody Rhodes where he wore the mask and he did the bag thing. <laughs> and that was over the top in a way that like, it kind of laughed at itself. And this is that it's taking itself so seriously that it's like, oh, not a fan and like again like all of the, like the mask stuff like it was so funny i just remember seeing that and i just remember being like and i'm somebody who when he was a kid like i love the undertaker's phantom of the opera mask um like there have been a, a great history of those but like just wearing what looks like do you remember those koosh balls like the, the ones with jelly in them that used to have mm-hmm. that's yeah. what Reynolds mask looked like to me and just being, like, <laughs> I, I this obviously didn't do it as a great promo, but it was the promo that stood out the most to me. Like, I legitimately started laughing when I first saw it, as I was like, "Okay, I guess he got fire in the face, and now he has to wear like a jock strap on his head." Um, it, it was not good. I would you? What did you think of it? I honestly, when I first watched it, I was like, you know, he he's just doing what he's got to do with this. And maybe I'm being too much of a WWE mark um, for kind of enjoying that. But on one hand, it was like, all right, this is okay. And then on the other hand, it's like, but it gets to hide the see. Oh my, uh, you know, never mind. I, I, I can't. Uh, you're right. Um, I love wrestling. Raw's been just. It's been quite unbearable. I, I don't want to be one of those people to, to kind of pile on. And I, I keep just hoping beyond hope that, you know, something catches. They, they give us something that is, gives us something that, that we're not going to just kind of dump on the, the way we're doing right now. I, I really hate doing this, but it, it's just been, it's been terrible for me. Um, Let's go to the heel of the week that we skipped over. Um, why don't you go first? I had Don Callis because this was actually going to be my promo of the week initially because I thought that it was the promo that he had with the Young Bucks where he's just so, you know, the the best heels are guys where you want to punch. Like I remember I talk about the Dudleys as some of the best heels. Like even after I had like gotten smartened up to the business, I wanted to see Bubba get punched in the face in like the late 90s 99 like when they would come out and cut promos like the infamous heat wave promo that he cut like they nearly started riots and don Callis is such a like smarmy turd like where he talked about like kenny omega isn't here because kenny omega like this is beneath kenny omega's time I was like, oh, that's such a dick move. <laughs> it's so perfect. <laughs> I, I, just, I had nothing but complimentary things to say 
about, you know, Don Callis in that role. Don Callis has always been a good talker. And I think that he's, you know, the fracturing of the elite. And I just thought he was great. You know, he's, he is, you don't just want to see Kenny Omega get punched because he's that kind of arrogant heel. You want to see Don Callis because Don Callis, there's sort of that like riding the coattails. Like, You're an impact. Can't, you can't wear that. Kenny can eat the punch. You really can't. Yeah. So what about you? What was your... My heel of the week was, it was nice to see the dirtiest player in the game doing what the dirtiest player in the game does, looking out for number one, no matter what. Just going back to... 80-year-old Ric Flair still chasing skirts, even over his daughter. Do you remember, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but do you remember no. when the Don Marie, uh, Al Wilson storyline in like 03, were you watching then? No, I was, that was, I was out of the loop. It was really terrible. But like the reason why I'm bringing it up is just that like, because you didn't buy that Al Wilson could hook up with, I was Tori Wilson and Don Marie were hooking up. Uh, I'm sorry, Tori Wilson's father and Don okay. Marie okay and you were sort of like come on don't be ridiculous whereas with this i'm kind of like yeah no it makes sense i could see rick flair like nah i believe it and, and it is, <laughs> it's you know a guy who we've seen now for you know i think that he has become so beloved that to get people to want to boo him and he's just yeah he's doing he's doing a good job yeah and, and that, that's what it was for me is like damn rick I, even after all this time, we know that, you know, you're one excitement away from the, the one that might take your ticker. And yet you're still chasing skirt on television. Bravo, my man. Bravo. That's the way he wants to go. Yeah, just, exactly. Like, exactly. We were just talking about it a couple of weeks ago where I was saying, you know, is it time? Hell no, it's not time. I, I, I really knew better. I just had to ask that question. Ric Flair um, likely, like you said, will be one, one of those where it's like, doesn't matter if Rick dies during filming, finish the, you know, finish the set. <laughs> I, I also feel like that, that based on how long he's lived and how he's lived, that there's like a nuclear fallout and he's going to be like, it's going to be like him, you know, Betty White, Betty White, Stephen Richards. They're going to be like some of the last few remaining humans on the face of the planet. But I feel like Ric Flair, like there's going to be a nuclear bomb and then he's going to dance out glowing and be like, Mean Gene. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So storyline you should be paying attention to. Um, for me, I'm going to say how far are they going to go with the interpromotional work so far that they're doing between AEW, Impact Wrestling, and NWA. I know that for uh, the on the NWA side, I saw a post somewhere where it's like technically NWA only has like a dozen or so wrestlers under contract right now. But, you know, I know most of uh, a lot of their women talent have been assimilated into AEW uh, women like Thunder Rosa, uh, you know, who's the best example currently feuding with Britt Baker, which I absolutely love um, some of the. NWA women, I believe, will definitely help boost um, the AEW women's division in the long run. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I don't really think Private Party has a chance to usurp the Good Brothers right now, not with the run that um, Kenny and they are having. But just the fact that we're getting a little more cross-promotional work. And once, you know, in JPW, I know they just believe got over one of their uh, big pay-per-view uh, times so who oh, knows yeah. a couple weeks ago they did their they're like wrestlemania's wrestle wrestle kingdom. kingdom right yeah i thought so so um you know who knows if we can finally start to get a little more interpromotional work and that's what i'm excited to see um storyline that sammy says you should be paying attention to I was going to go, I actually realized that I got mine backed up is that Don Callis was the uh, promo of the week. And then I was going to talk about Randy Orton. Uh, I would actually go with sort of the fracturing of the elite is, are we going to see a, you know, Adam Page is doing something with the dark order, but what's, you know, that are we going to see Cody come up and feud with uh, Kenny and the, you know, and, and what's going to happen with that. I feel like there's, I'm very interested 
to see where they go just because we've never seen an interpromotional feud like that before um my the storyline you should be paying attention to i want to see what they're going to do with cesaro i really do um i i would like to see what happens you know are they going to put him over is this you know is this just fluff for a mid card that i don't know Hmm. i'm so i'm i'm just going back to the cesaro thing i am so stoked that that's where we're at right now i've been saying for a while that cesaro definitely deserves a major push and i'm just happy that we're finally getting around to to getting that so we're going to be getting out of here in just a minute before we do sam is there anything you would like to plug uh the steel ring post is always um the ibn network i would love to plug uh getting being all stars five dollars a month uh just good pays for itself it's entertaining support the brand uh, and that's really it uh the team turnbuckle group and team turnbuckle twitter account uh team turnbuckle obviously uh other than that that's really it yeah, um, I, I'll piggyback off of that. Um, the IBN Network B, um, we've just had a lot of really great content. Um, Chief Keith, who's been on assignment, um, did a conference championship preview. Um, of course, we just had our conference championships. Uh, they had the weekly daily with him and Joe, uh, a new mod pod with Actively Lazy and his um, former roommate, uh, Fantastic. Um, RC did a WandaVision episodes one and two review. I mean, we've got a lot of great programming on the IBN network, Sportsbeat. Please follow, like, share with your friends. Um, I'd like to give a big shout out to the Asylum group again. Um, David Gold, Nick Francis, uh, the guys do meet and greets, uh, giveaways and all that. They just had one with uh, Don The Rock Morocco. Uh, just yesterday uh, they'll be having Dustin Rhodes coming up soon they've got Lex Luger coming up soon they are doing uh, just a lot of great work and I finally actually won my first uh, giveaway there so within the next uh, couple of months I will be the proud owner of an Attitude Era Heavyweight Championship uh, so very happy about that and as always um, official Ron L. Tinsley on Instagram um, Ron L. Tinsley on both Facebook and um, business page and personal if you have any trouble on your credit report uh, you're looking to make a major purchase for 2021 you're just trying to get your credit score up please get at me uh, mention the team turbuckle podcast and you can save a hundred dollars on starting your services including the ability to write your living will trust and power of attorney and with that this has been another episode of the team turnbuckle podcast for chief keith fleming my man shooter sammy howe this has been Ravishing Ronel Tinsley, and we will be back with you guys soon. Uh, we cannot wait because we're going to be going uh, in motion where uh, the shooter is going to lead us on the uh, special Mega Powers episodes. So uh, keep your eyes and ears open for that. We should be bringing that to you within the next couple of weeks, guys. We'll talk with you soon. <laughs>